For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends, and thanks for checking out another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends at FOCO, F-O-C-O.com, FOCO. For, uh, for being a loyal listener to this podcast, if you go to the description below that in whatever platform that you're uh, listening to this podcast on, there's going to be a unique link hell of a tongue twister right there that uh if you click on that it'll take you over to foco's website and uh whatever it is that you want from them whether it's you know maybe you want a hawaiian beach shirt for your upcoming hawaiian vacation assuming you're going there another bobblehead i just received my uh, world series dodger dog bobblehead super stoked about that uh maybe you want uh, some slides you know i have a lot of slides and i'd, I'd be into buying some from the dodgers uh, and foco.com has them right so if you use that link add whatever you want to your cart for being a loyal listener to this year podcast you will save uh, up to 10 percent on your purchase and as always terms and conditions do apply please see their website for more details but huge thanks for foco for supporting your podcast and for the consideration uh, again foco.com check them out and as always uh, brought to you by our good friends at bleed los bleedlos.com so they uh, they have all the Dodgers fandom, right? It Kulichi merch, Joe Kelly merch. And, uh, you know, if, if you heard the news about Joe this week, talked about a surgery, well, you can uh, send him some good vibes by acquiring a, a Joe Kelly Fight Club shirt from BleedLost.com. For being a loyal listener to this podcast, if you use the uh, the promo code BleedLostPod, you will save 10% on your purchase on uh, BleedLost.com. Again, terms and conditions do apply. Please see their website for more details. But BelieveLos.com, huge thanks to them. And uh, lastly, uh, thank you, the listener to this year podcast, for supporting us, for listening to us, following us on the internet, all that jazz. We really, really appreciate it. It means a ton to us. So, uh, so thank you for the support. And if this is your first time listening and you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Follow us on Spotify. Follow, uh, subscribe to us on uh, Google Play or Apple uh, Podcasts. Anywhere, uh, anywhere you can get your hands on it, please, uh, please subscribe. So huge, uh, huge shout out to all of you because if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't do this every week. So thank you. Uh, but on that note, here is another edition of the Bleed Loss Podcast. And it's your boys, Alonso Juan, with the uh, baby face gimmick voice in the sky, Roger. I uh, I want to start with you, Juan. It's a, It's been a bit of a, a troubling week. 
how uh, obviously the Dodgers salvaged a, a victory today. Excuse me, and a couple days ago they they salvaged a a uh, what was it eight nothing if I'm not mistaken a win the other day as well. Uh, and by the way, today was against the Brewers. We'll talk about that game here in a second. But how are you feeling overall after this uh, this this troublesome week? I'm feeling that someone drank Joe Boo's rum, and we still don't have an answer to who drank Joe Boo's rum. Look, the way this week went, you know what's the most frustrating thing? Obviously, the Dodgers are slumping. I think it makes it worse that the Dodgers are in every single game. I've said this before, where it's like, oh, I would much rather see my team get blown out than lose these one-run games. And and that's, you know, Roger mentioned this off air, but the, the Dodgers went two and five this week. A couple of things go their way. You know, they have a good week. You know, the, the week before was the first time they had a losing record, right? So now again, this is now the second week, they have another losing record again. And the key is to win series. If they would have won series, continue to win series, they would have put a lot of distance between themselves and, and the rest of the teams in the National League West. But because they're slumping, because they're dealing with the injuries, at the end of this week, the Dodgers are in second place. At the end of last week, they were still in first, hanging by a thread, but now they're in second place, and they're only a half a game out. It's May 2nd. They have all these injuries, they're slumping, and they're a half a game out. Again, to take a page out of Aaron Rodgers' book, relax, everybody, we're okay. At least right now, we're okay. If this slump starts to continue, this is a new month. If this slump starts to continue and the whole month of May we're like this, and come June, we're still struggling to get hits, then I think now we're going it, to, it, it's, it's time to worry. Right now, I think, and you've mentioned this, Alonzo, as Dodger fans, we have been spoiled a lot. I think this is very new for us Dodger fans to watch this team find a new way to lose a game every single day. So we just need to be patient. You know, once again, there's 162 games in a baseball season. The season's not over yet. It is May 2nd. So right now, the only thing I have to say to you is who drank Joe Booze rum and watching some of these games is really, really tough, especially Saturday night's game in, uh, against the Brewers. That, that was a tough one. Well, and if we're being 100% honest, I feel like all these games, even though obviously they only took two wins out of those, I still think they were very winnable games. They're still putting the balls in play. You know, there's obviously still mistakes happening. Uh, injuries, we'll get into that in a second. But um, all, all things considered, you know, obviously it, you know, the, could could there be alarm bells, you know, a whistling, et cetera? Yeah. But like you said, it's May 2nd. So I'm not overly worried necessarily because they're still seeing the ball well. The, the thing for me that stood out today is that you got seven plus RBIs from your six and seven spot guys with AJ Pollock and Matt Beatty which means that they were able to have solid at-bats to get the bases loaded prior to each of those at-bats, right? So, you know, th that for me is, is a huge indicator that, that they're starting to right the ship. As uh, Joel Embiid said, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a few years ago, you got to trust the process. And, and the Dodgers players, <clears throat> excuse me, have talked, uh, you know, kind of profusely 
about about the process, you know, showing up to the ballpark, putting in the work, doing the reps, et cetera. And, and it's showing that, that it's, you know, it's, it's starting to turn things around, you know, because today, obviously they, they opened that game up right away, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they, they're trying to get back in a groove and then, you know, to add insult to injury, no pun intended, you know, you, you lose guys here and there. So all things considered, this could be a lot worse. You know, we talked about it a little bit uh, uh, off air. I feel like some of these injuries, if they happen to any other team, that would be the end of their season, right? If, if you know, I, I'm not going to say any teams, but just, you know, as an example, if, if, if you know, a team had a Corey Knable type as either their setup or their closer, and that was it, he's done for a few months or the year, that's it for the bullpen, right? So, you know, the, the Dodgers are still super lucky that they have flexibility to be able to make stuff work. Now, their depth is being tested a little bit with injuries to the pitching, the, the pitching side of the ball. But Belly's coming back, and you know, obviously that's great. But it, it's you know the, the pitching side is what is what's going to be affected the most. So I'm kind of curious, as you know, as you guys all know, uh, Dustin May went down. Uh, hopefully, it's nothing serious. He's uh, going to have an MRI Monday the third in uh, in Los Angeles. If Dustin May is out for the season, and obviously we're not putting that into fruition, I'm knocking on wood as we speak. But if if he's done for the year would that raise those alarm bells for you or what, what would your thinking be at that point? Uh, you know, honestly, for me, I don't think he's, you know, as good as Dustin may is, and he's very promising and I'm very high on him. It wouldn't be alarm bells for me because technically he's our fifth starter. You know, you got four other guys there and you know, because he's your fifth starter and the way the schedule is coming up in the next couple of weeks, he, they probably would have skipped him anyways. So right now I'm not, I don't think it's going to be the, the sky is falling. If Dustin may, may we lose him for the whole season only because there, there's reports that Gonsolin might be ready to go in about three to four weeks. And Gonsolin is a guy that I think is a great guy to have during a regular season He's a guy that's going to, you know, be able to give you innings and keep you in games and you might win games that you had no business winning. So the Dustin May injury, it doesn't worry me. Uh, if it is ends up being Tommy John, the only thing that concerns me is we're going to lose him for a year and it might push back his development. So I'd hate to see that happen with him, but uh, th that injury doesn't hurt. It uh, doesn't hurt. It doesn't make me panic or anything like that it's just right now the overwhelming rash of injuries because not only is it dust in may we still don't know what's going on with bruce dar we don't know his forearm tightness we don't know if that's going to develop to end up being something worse and then we're going to end up losing bruce dar uh you know there's reports that joe kelly is going to be back this month we just, I mean, the Dodgers did a really good job of keeping this a secret, but Joe Kelly had surgery. How's Joe Kelly going to pitch coming back from surgery? I mean, Joe Kelly was already a question mark every time you throw him out there because sometimes he was just very effectively wild. Who knows? You know, maybe, you know, we were wondering all last year why Joe Kelly was using his curveball so much. Maybe now having this surgery, it'll free him up and he'll be throwing that great fastball that he has so th there's just too many variables right now for the Dodgers to really 
figure out what's going on. I think what this next month, what we are, hopefully what'll happen in this next month is we've identified where there's weaknesses, which is the bullpen and which is the offense. And right now, hopefully we have in-house solutions to those problems. If we don't, by the end of this month, have in-house solutions, I think starting in June, you're going to start to see the Dodgers start to look to maybe make some trades, make some acquisitions to, to address these holes. Well, and, and the Joe Kelly thing, by the way, is, uh, is interesting, you know, because it sounds like, you know, from, from what I read on it, they found some cysts and that, uh, you know, that his shoulder hasn't really been great since the end of 2019. And uh, that during the during his suspension, uh, after the thing with the Astros, that his arm was super weak and he uh, he was having issues that basically he couldn't lift it, his arm past any sort of gravity. And apparently they'd asked him how long it was going on for. And he told them that forever that he couldn't sleep. And it felt like fire ants were eating his arm from inside out. So that's aggressive. But the fact that he was pitching through that is is impressive all on its own, too. Um, I'm hoping that with the Bruce star thing, cause obviously they don't know, you know, I'm hopeful with, for all those guys, you know, Dustin Bruce star, that it doesn't turn into a Tommy John situation. Cause like you said, it's going to affect their development and it's a year out that, you know, that that goes, but all, all, you know, all, all points with uh, Tony are showing that, that Tony will be back sooner rather than later, which is, which is the move, which is obviously where they want to go. Now, as, as we kind of, you know, look at us, some other injuries, you know, Zach McKinstry went down, was placed on the IL. And, uh, and obviously that's a big hit, you know, the, as, as Roger has been calling him in our group text, the rookie of the year uh, is gone down, especially because he was, he was kind of the spark to the offense, but um, you know, with everything that's kind of been going on as far as the lack of offense or what have you after today's game specifically, you know, how do you feel now kind of going into this next week of, of, of games, given what happened the last week? You know, and this is to your point where there are some players that are starting to show signs that they're breaking out of their funks and and they're starting to hit better. I mean, raise your hand if you had Matt Beatty as the Dodgers hottest hitter. Matt Beatty is 15 for his last 23. So obviously something happened when they went down and they and they uh, sent him down to that uh, Arizona camp. I forget. What are they calling it now? The alternate uh, training the site? The alternate or, site, yeah. Yeah, the alternate site. Yes. And to let all our listeners know, I have received the cease and desist letter for the Matt Beatty slander. So for now, I will no longer be slandering Matt Beatty. For those loyal listeners who've been listening to the show on a consistent basis know that there was a lot of Matt Beatty slander on this show. Well, the cease and desist has been received and Matt Beatty right now, he's hitting, you know, he's hitting over 600, you know, since he's come up from he's hitting 652 since he's come back from the alternate site. So whatever he worked on, whatever he did on there worked and it's been great for the Dodgers. Matt Beatty had seven RBIs today. So Matt Beatty's hot. Uh, Chris Taylor, and I know you, you've talked about this, Alonzo. Uh, you know, you thought he was very important. You, last episode, actually, and this is where we give you your point. For those of you who don't know, we like to give each other, uh, we like to keep score. And Alonzo gets a point here where he predicted that we needed a big week from Chris Taylor. And Chris Taylor has provided that. Chris Taylor's 11 for his last 30. So he's, he's up there. He's putting up numbers. 
A.J. Pollock, the guy who, at least for me and maybe a lot of Dodger fans, he is the forgotten player on this team. Because there's so many stars on this team, I think you tend to forget about A.J. Pollock. A.J. Pollock is 12 for his last 36. He's starting to heat up. He had two home runs today, a grand slam, a three-run bomb. All of a sudden, he's got four home runs. He doubled up the amount of RBIs that he had on the season. He went from seven RBIs to 15 RBIs today because he had eight RBIs today. Uh, very close to tying a Dodger record that was with uh, – uh, does anybody know this? Does anybody get points for knowing who holds the record for most RBIs in a game for the Dodgers? Uh, I feel like I know the name and the name escapes me at the moment. That's I'm sure you know. Babyface knows. Babyface, do you know? Um, Gil Hodges? That is correct. Gil Hodges, but there's Hodges? another player that he's... It's Hodges, but he's tied with another player. Uh, Beltre? Nope. That's a good guess. Matt Beatty. Nope. It is James Loney for those loyal Dodger fans. If you remember that James Loney had nine RBIs in a game. So when you, and you mentioned this Alonzo, when you had the bottom of the lineup is starting to hit like this, they're picking up the slack for our stars who right now are, are struggling. Uh, Mookie Betts is nine for his last 44. Corey Seager is nine for his last 42. Even, even Justin Turner has cooled down a bit. He's 10 for his last 42. So those are our main guys right now. If those guys would be maybe doing a little more to carry their weight, who knows? Maybe the Dodgers do end up winning four out of seven this week because all these games were winnable. Uh, Will Smith is starting to look. I, I think there, there was a combination there where I think Will Smith was, he had a lot of bad luck. I felt Will Smith was hitting the ball hard, but he was just hitting it right at somebody. But now the ball's starting to fall for him. He had a triple on Saturday. I mean, Will Smith is six for his last 22. So there are signs that I think these guys are starting to break out of it. It's just right now, I feel like we've talked about this. The Dodgers have been in every game. I don't know how many one run loss games they had this week, but it was because they didn't execute that. They ended up losing the game. If they make the small little plays, it turns things around and the Dodgers are probably still on top of this division. So that's why I don't think it's all booming, doom and gloom. The Dodgers have survived this funk that they're in. And hopefully next week with series against the Cubs and the angels, they break out of it and they get, you know, back on track because they're going to have Arizona pretty soon. Who's red hot all of a sudden out of nowhere. I mean, there's, there's four teams in this division that are only separated by two games. So the competition is, is, is up there and the Dodgers just, I think the Dodgers are beating themselves right now. Well, and, and uh, real quick too, by the way, the other, the, the other guest that I was going to say was Sean green. Uh, but, but I had a stat that was stuck in my head that uh, AJ Pollock is the first player in Dodgers history to have seven RBI in a game since Matt Beatty, who also has seven RBI in that game. Uh, credit to Blake Harris for that, uh, for that stat. But um, it, it's, it, it's one of those things though, too, where, where, you know, if the bottom half of the lineup is starting to do what they need to do, like you said, Juan, the, obviously the, the, 
the top of the lineup needs to do what they need to do. And I feel like today they started that because obviously that's how they got those, those grand slams. And the crazy thing about the grand slam thing is that the Dodgers hadn't had a multi grand slam game since 2000 and they had two and two innings today. So that's nuts. You know, that, that, you know, and, and obviously that's, we'll take it at this point. We need that offense. You know, we need, we need to get the offense going. And like you said, we, uh, we need to get Mookie going. We need to get Corey going. And then obviously, you know, the, the awesome. looming, what was that? Um, Pollock had eight. Well, right. But eight I'm just, RBIs today. Yeah. It, as, as far as like the timeline went is, is that's how Blake oh. did it. But, uh, as far as, uh, uh, Damn it, baby face. <laughs> You've thrown me for a loop. You I totally killed saying. his mojo. He was on a roll, baby face. God, you <laughs> really are Eddie Mush. For all those Bronx I, Tail I did, fans that we have, we have our own Eddie Mush on, on, on the show, and it's baby face. I didn't I didn't want to short him with that one RBI in his big day. So <laughs> you didn't you didn't want to jip him out of the one? No. Actually, you know what? Real quick, we haven't asked you, uh, you know, speaking doom and gloom. Uh, sky's falling, all that good stuff. How how are you feeling, Roger? Could have been a better week. <laughs> there it you is. You know, but I think you know salvaging the game today. They had to have, and you know, and like we mentioned, they had to beat up on this pitcher and and catch a duel. Um, first game that they had basically you know played together. Uh, first, first game, you know, back, back up for their starting pitcher and first game for their catcher. So they had to hit today. So, and we saw it and hopefully that carries over, you know, going into Chicago tomorrow. So let's see what happens tomorrow. You sound super optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, I wish, I wish that this podcast is a video sometimes just so people could see some of, of his reactions. Cause it's, it's, that's one of them. Um, I, one thing too, real quick, but uh, uh, aside from the Chris Taylor thing you were saying a minute ago, um, I will gladly take my point, by the way. Um, the dude that was like runner up for me that I thought needed to have a big week was Julio Diaz. And uh, my man had a great, a great week. And he had a great game today. I mean, he, seven innings. Well, he went on seven innings, uh, didn't give up any runs, had uh, what, 10 strikeouts, if I'm not mistaken, was the line. Like, what more do you want out of your guy? He won seven innings, and he was able to, you know, to, to kind of just be in a role, and that's what you needed out of your starting pitching. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Starting Aside from Dustin May going down, the starting pitching hasn't, hasn't been terrible either. It's just the issue has been the lack of offense, you know, going into all these games because all these games, the Dodgers were in all those games, like you said, one. They just they, they couldn't get the offense going. Um, and so, I mean, for me, I, I, I look at it as a glimmer of hope especially, you know, considering that it's not all, like you said, doom and gloom and the sky is falling and, and whatever. But, um, but I mean, for them to be able to, to kind of, you know, I feel like today's game was the, the, the game that they needed to kind of kickstart things, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And, and you're right. I mean, Julio Diaz quietly, uh, because I don't know if anybody's really paying, he is 4-0 this year. He's 4-0 with a 2.87 ERA, and he's he is striking out a lot. I mean, I think this is the second time now that he's had double-digit strikeouts in a game. So Julio Diaz is, 
he's really having a nice season, uh, so to speak. He had that little shaky uh, start this week against the Reds where, I mean, he was really just one inning and it was because of control issues. He already had, he had a very high pitch count. He was in the eighties by like the fifth inning. So, but today I think Julio did a great job in the sense that he picked up the bullpen. He gave the Dodgers length. He pitched seven innings today and gave up one run. It was just one mistake to, to Nottingham who hit a shot off of him. But other than that, it, I mean, he was great. He was out there throwing strikes. He had a lead. He didn't try to get too cute. He just went out there and he went after the Brewers. So, I, I mean, you can't say enough about this starting pitching. I, I mean, Clayton Kershaw, you know, is, is his ERA is 2.09. He pitched a gem on, on, on Wednesday against the Reds. And I, I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised by that because I really thought that Kershaw would be coming back to the pack, that Kershaw would be kind of that we would have to settle to seeing a lesser version of Kershaw, that Kershaw getting up in age would be maybe a, a mediocre pitcher. But he's uh, he's really surprised me as to the start of his season, how well he's been pitching and he, I mean, he's just been, he was great earlier this week. Trevor Bauer got his first loss of the season, but Trevor Bauer did something huge. Could you imagine if Trevor Bauer didn't go those eight innings on Friday night, where the Dodgers bullpen would be the, by the end of this series in Milwaukee? Uh, he was just a victim. He got no run support, you know? Um, Walker Bueller had um, a, a very shaky start against the Reds because that was a very winnable game. The Dodgers gave Walker Bueller the read. I mean, you tell me you score five runs for Walker Bueller. I'm sorry. I'm thinking that's a win for the Dodgers because there's no way that Walker Bueller is going to going to give up. And he and he struggled that game. Every time the Dodgers gave him a lead, Walker Bueller gave it right back up. But that being said, <laughs> That poor outing that he had against the Reds, his ERA ballooned up to 3.16. So to be critical of the Dodgers starting pitching, I think, is, is really unfair. The Dodgers starting pitching is, is what's carrying this team. Who knows where this team would be if the starting pitching wasn't that great. And, and to tell you the truth, the, the only thing that sucks, not only watching the Dodgers slump this week and have them struggle, is I am unable to partake of the Jumbo Jack celebrations because for some reason it's only participating Jumbo Jacks and I mean Jack in the Box in LA. And it seems every Jumbo, I mean, every Jack in the Box that I go to is not participating in this. Babyface, have you participated in the Jumbo Jack giveaways? I have not because I heard it was only LA. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm out of the, I don't, is it LA City or LA County? I thought it was LA County. Well, I thought it was LA County. So I live right on the border, right? You, I, you literally, I cross the street. I'm in Orange County. I go the other direction. I'm in LA County. So I've gone to Jack in the Boxes and Whittier and they don't know what I'm talking about. When I, I, I show them the picture on Twitter, I want my jumbo Jack. We got 10 strikeouts last night. So that that's the only thing that's adding insult to injury right now is not only are the Dodgers struggling, someone drank Joe, uh, Joe Boo's rum, but now I can't even partake in the jumbo jacks that everybody else is partaking in. I think, I think a lot of Jack and box are probably doing it on purpose because they've done what, how many already in the first 28, 29 games, probably about half of them. 
So I think they're probably cutting back on purpose. That or yeah, I, I think Jack in the Box is getting is getting uh, screwed on the, the the. I don't think they anticipated the Dodgers starting pitching being this good. That or they've heard your slander. I mean, it could be column A, column B. Hard to say. Uh, by the way, so today is so. So we're gonna get a cease and desist pretty soon from Jack in the Box, is what you're saying. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. I'm surprised we haven't gotten more uh, with with not just Jack in the Box, just things in general. Um, Today is the sixth time this year that a Dodger starting pitcher went six plus innings with 10 plus strikeouts. No opposing pitcher facing the Dodgers this year has accomplished that same feat. So the starting pitching, honestly, if we don't have that starting pitching, I, I don't even think, I mean, even right now with, with where we're at at the end of the week, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Roger, if you could let us know as to where the standings are in the NL West, uh, that would be appreciated. Oh, did we lose Roger? Well, I, I can tell you right now the the Dodgers are the Dodgers half game back. The uh, the Dodgers are a half game out. They're they're in second. The show pods are a game and a half out, and the Arizona Diamondbacks don't sleep on them. They're two games out, and the Rockies are seven games out. So you know it's again I can't stress enough to people that it's May. You know, so we just this is a long season and we just need to, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and we already experienced an up. Now we we're we're in a little bit of a lull, but look, if this team can't serve, I mean, Matt Beatty is the perfect example. Matt Beatty was struggling and he was able to turn it around just like that. So very easily the Dodgers can go from looking like garbage to all of a sudden going back to being world beaters. Hey, hey, so I, I, yes, sir. Can, um, whatever they did with Beatty, can they do that to Rios? <laughs> yes. I I've seen that a lot, I'm, but here's the thing. And, and we've talked about this on many episodes. I think everybody who's struggling should go up to Matt Beatty right now and ask them, what did they do to you down there? Rios would have been sent down if it wasn't for all these injuries. Rios is only up here right now because of the Dodgers injuries. I mean, it is struggling. I'm telling you, I was watching the game with my dad the other day. And even my dad said, this is tough to watch, watching this guy hit because not only, you know, he's over his last 18, but he's missing fastballs right down the middle. I mean, he is swinging right through him, but look, as bad as Edwin Rios has been struggling, you know who's not that far behind him is Max Muncy. Max Muncy's two for his last 39. I, I, I was surprised because every time I watch a game, I all I see is Max Muncy walk. But Max Muncy is two for his last 39. That guy's av- batting average right now is a, just a tad a bit over 200. I think he's hitting 212. And this is a guy, if, and I want, I'm demanding my point right now. This was a guy that I told you guys in the beginning, I was worried about Max Muncie. Now, last year, we had the excuse that Max Muncie was injured. All of a sudden, he has just fallen off, you know, into a, a, a very bad slump. And another guy that makes me nervous is Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux is four for his last 39. Now, I don't know if this is Gavin Lux is just he can't. Is he going to be the new Billy Ashley for the Dodgers, uh, a prospect that was hyped up? 
Or is Gavin Lux still hurt from that wrist and he's playing through it because the Dodgers need him to play through it? I'm going to give you a point for the, uh, the abstract uh, Billy Asher reference. That was, that was well done. Well done. Thank you, sir. Uh, the, uh, the crazy thing too, by the way, about AJ today, AJ Pollock, that is, he came like within a couple of feet from having three bombs today. I mean, so he's, he, yes, whatever yeah. he's, whatever he's been doing is the same with Beatty, right? Like keep, keep it up. Um, you know, cause I mean that he had eight RBIs and by the way, uh, the last person that knocked in eight RBIs, do you guys know who that is? Uh, I know Puig did seven. I don't know who did eight. Was it Sean Green? No. Roger? Uh, Beltre. Ooh, no. <laughs> uh, our good friend Adrian Gonzalez. He did it in, uh, in 2016. Oh, he did, yeah. Uh, he, you know, I mean, so, I mean, it's, for me, though, the sky was never falling for me. It's just more along the lines of, like, okay, let's manage for this and kind of get through the pain. And a part of it is because, like Juan has said a bunch, it's only May. And if, I mean, if this was September, it'd be different, right? If this was September, then for sure the sky would be falling. But, uh, but the other thing that, uh, you know, my other kind of takeaway is the Dodgers quietly sucked for the last little bit. They slumped quietly and it didn't really, you know, it didn't really get any, any crazy attention or anything like that. Right. So, so again, it's, it's so early that it's one of those deals where, where I'm not overly worried. I'm not concerned either. Um, now, the, if Dustin May gets hurt, hurt, and, he, and hopefully that's not the case. If he gets Tommy John, I'll, I, I will admit that I will be a little concerned on that end just because I would be concerned riding four horses going into the postseason, assuming they make the postseason, right? So it's, that's, that's the, the concern, you know, as you kind of look ahead or what have you through, through everything. Um, but as I'm kind of curious to hear from you, Juan, of all those injuries that, uh, that we know that are coming back, whether it be in the pen whether it be uh, uh, on the offense, who are you most intrigued to see and who are you expecting to just have an instant impact right away? We've talked a lot about injuries and I don't want to poo-poo the injuries because I do feel that the injuries are contributing to, to part of the Dodgers' little struggles right now. But just to point this out, the Milwaukee Brewers, who we just played right now, the Milwaukee Brewers, who are tied with the Giants of San Francisco for the best record in the National League, have the most injuries of any team in Major League Baseball. They have 16 injuries. So we lost three out of four against the Brewers this weekend, and we didn't see Kristen Yelich. We didn't see Lorenzo Cain. So, and, and it was funny, looking at this Brewers uh, roster, I just realized Ryan Braun is still a free agent. Ryan Braun did not sign with anyone. So I don't know if that's because Ryan Braun has the steroid uh, label on him. And that's why people are staying away from him. I, I know he's no longer producing like he once was, but I was surprised to see that Ryan Braun is not, not only not on the Brewers, but he's not with anyone right now. Uh, in terms of the injuries, the person who I actually want to see uh, come back is Joe Kelly, because I the bullpen to me for the Dodgers is it, it's really shaky. And I'm worried about the bullpen just because of the amount of work that they not only got in this series, 
because Dustin May went down, we had basically two bullpen games. But, you know, there are a couple of guys in that bullpen that right now I think are carrying the Dodgers bullpen are guys that are high leverage guys that we can rely on. Victor Gonzalez has been super steady. There was a couple of games there that was a little shaky, but his ERA is is two right on the dot. A guy who I thought was a candidate to get sent down at the beginning of the season, I have to tip my hat to and my apologies to Mr. Scott Alexander. Scott Alexander quietly is having a very good season for the Dodgers, and I don't know where the Dodgers' bullpen would be, honestly, without him. His ERA is 2.31. You know, Blake Trinan, he makes me very nervous because it always seems like he's pitching in traffic. But he is a guy that it seems like the Dodgers are leaning on a lot in the bullpen. Kenley Jansen, you know, again, is up and down. And it seems like it's basically you're going to see Kenley one game and then you're not going to see him for the next game. So I, I think that's putting a lot of pressure on this bullpen. So I would love to see Joe Kelly come back and hopefully pitch well to try to help these guys to try to leverage, you know, maybe take off some of the workload from some of these other guys and, and at least have more options. So Joe Kelly is a guy that I I really want to see, see how he pitches coming back from injury. Quick shout out to my boy, Jimmy Nelson. I've been rooting hard for him this year. And I know there was a lot of hate uh, on Jimmy Nelson, But if you guys remember, Jimmy Nelson's ERA was at seven. It was over five. Jimmy Nelson's now ERA is down to 3.75. I feel every time he's going out there, he has pitched better. Yeah, he had a couple of shaky outings, but we're going to need this guy, especially with the amount of injuries that the Dodgers have. And now Jimmy Nelson might, might be a candidate to actually start a few games with the fact that, you know, who knows how long Dustin May is going to be out. Um, another guy real quick, uh, the bullpen, before I throw it over to you, Alonzo, another guy that I want to see more of because I was very encouraged by how he pitched uh, this weekend was is Mitch White. Mitch White so far has not given up an earned run. Yes, it's a small sample size. He's only pitched six innings, but he almost got out of that jam on Saturday. He was put in a really, really tough position. Uh, the bases were loaded and he almost pitched out of it. I think if Mitch White can continue to pitch like this, we might be able to survive all these injuries. And then by the time David Price comes back, we might have a full strength bullpen that might actually be what Alonzo had predicted at the beginning of the year to be the best bullpen in the league. Interesting uh, sidebar on Ryan Braun uh, in February, I believe it was. Uh, He was asked if, you know, you know, what the interests look like for him, all that jazz after the, the Brewers bottom out. And uh, he, he said at that point that he wasn't currently interested in playing. So we may not see Ryan Braun again. Who knows? Because I guess he's got other, you know, off the field interests and, and things like that. So, hey, you know, kudos to him for, for setting, him, setting himself up that way, if you will. Um, for me, though, uh, injury-wise, uh, I'm, I'm expecting quite a bit from Cody Bellinger. Uh, Cody, he has... Cody has all the tangibles when it comes to being able to be a catalyst to kind of get stuff going. And he's the kind of player too, that when he's firing on all cylinders, if, uh, if you stick him in any lineup, he, he just gets it going. Right. So, you know, that, that's what I'm expecting as far as from the injury side of stuff to kind of, 
uh, you know, I guess high expectations, if you will. But Mitch White, that dude's that dude has the 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 tangibles to or intangibles, I should say, to to be a a, a solid major league pitcher, and that's that's you know that's a pretty good compliment to anyone that wants to play in the show, um, because I mean the the dude has a really good delivery. Like you said, he he showed that he has the ability to, even though he didn't, but he has the stuff to be able to get out of a jam. And that's what you want out, out of a guy like that, right? So so being able to kind of be thrown into, you know, into the wolves den, if you will, and uh and, and to fight off as much as he did, all the credit in the world to him. You know, he he did a fantastic job and and again, they, you know, right now the Dodgers are struggling, right? So you're not if you get plugged into a situation, you may not necessarily be plugged into uh uh, uh, a high leverage situation or even a great situation. It might be super tricky, but all things considered, Mitch White handled that great. And like you said, I know it's a sample size. I know it's very small, but we know that the Dodgers are high on Mitch White. And if, if he can continue it that way, especially if if a Dustin May goes down, you know, because obviously Corey Knable has been transferred to the 60 day. So there's an opportunity day uh, there that rather uh, for, for a guy like Mitch White to step up huge. Edwin Yuseta, another guy that has an opportunity to step up and be huge. Um, you know, so it's it, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the injury bug, unfortunately, is a part of the game, and it's just affecting the Dodgers more than, than it, it, you know, I guess in normal years it would. But, you know, you said it a little bit ago, we've been super blessed for the last year and a half where we really haven't had to deal with anything like this aside from when JT went down in, what was it, 18, I think, is when he was hurt. And he was out for, for kind of an extended period of time. So, you know, again, the Dodgers, all things considered, are still managing well. And I, uh, I, you, you can't complain about that. But I am curious to, to kind of hear your, uh, your, uh, your outlook on this upcoming week because the Dodgers have uh, three against the Cubs and three against the Angels and uh, two very different teams. The Cubs are, are they're struggling. You know, they're struggling a little bit. And the Angels uh, seem to be – seem to be legit. I mean, we, uh, I mean, I, I know I did at least, I can't remember what you had said once, so forgive me. You know, I had predicted that the angels had every opportunity to win the ALS and they're kind of showing that they can trout's hot. And that's one, one matchup I'm personally looking forward to is trout against this pitching staff. Cause trout right now is, is no one, no one can stop that, man. It's not fair. Uh, so with that said, what, what are you, uh, what are you looking forward to with these, uh, these two series upcoming next week? Uh, what I'm looking forward to is the Dodgers going back to winning series, you know, taking two out of three against the Cubs, taking two out of three against the Angels, I, I, I think would be great. What I would like to also see, and I, I want to throw this out to you guys, is the Dodgers have two hitting coaches, Brant Brown and Robert Van Skoyak. I'm really curious to I mean, what kind of job do you guys think these guys are doing? Because there's a lot of guys that are scuffling on this team. And, and no, we've talked about this before. Uh, and we talked about this on the last episode. It just seems like these guys are looking for a walk with the exception of today. They seem to be very, they seem to be much more aggressive today at the plate. And it might've been because the guy for the Brewers was throwing meatballs up there and the Dodgers were just jumping on it. 
but it, it just they looked very aggressive. So I, I'm curious to see if maybe the Dodgers are changing their approach at, at the plate. And I, I want to hear from you guys. What do you guys think these hitting coaches? Because usually when a team struggles like this at the plate, the hitting coach is the first one to go. So what do you guys think about the Dodgers hitting coaches? So the Dodgers are interesting in the way that they're set up. They have a, a game planning coach and all that jazz too that works hand in hand with the hitting coaches. So I, they're one of the few franchises that I don't think that they would can a hitting coach just because of a, of an offensive slump, if that makes sense, just because there's so many moving parts with how they're set up. However, you know, whoever the game plan coordinator, you know, that called today's game, they, they did a great job with being up, you know, uh, being a little more aggressive than they, they had been. I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like that a lot of hitting coaches in general, uh, try their best to not uh, mess with the psyche of guys. And I also get why, though, um, because it's already hard enough to hit a fastball at that level, right? But then you start getting, you know, tinkering with, with this, you know, talking about that. It, it, it starts to mess with some guys, right? So, you know, they, I feel like today's game, at least for me, it just felt like they kind of just went back to, to, you know, to use something that you said a second ago you know, to, to the, you know, the, the, the old meatball marinara sauce, you know, approach, like ain't nothing fancy. You just got some noodles, some sauce and, and some meatballs. And I feel like that's, that's what they needed. And, you know, cause there is such a thing too, also as overcoaching, you know, Dave Roberts has obviously been, been roasted and flamed as you know, for years about overcoaching and, and doing the move, you know, cause he pulls guys too soon, puts in guys for double switches that shouldn't be there the whole bit. I feel like today's game, uh, I mean, obviously, they, you know, having the luxury of, of what was it, seven runs by the fourth inning kind of obviously changes your outlook a little bit. But I feel like everyone needed to breathe a little bit. And I feel like that's what the Dodgers were able to do today. They were able to breathe because if you noticed the other day with Kershaw with his wonderful gem, it still felt like there was a lot of pressure on them. Whereas today, it felt like they, they were able to just breathe a little bit. And then after the game, they were able to reflect on that and just be like, okay. So we don't suck at this. We're just we're just struggling right now. So that that's kind of my take on it. You know, obviously I just gave you an answer, no answer. But the the reason I did is just because there's so many moving parts with that coaching staff. Yeah, I, but I mean, the funny thing is, is uh, like to me, the Dodgers very easily could have gone four and three this week. There were two games against the Reds. I mean, they ended up winning that game on. I actually the, they could have swept the Reds. I mean, they lost an extra inning game on Monday, and it was because of their inability once again to drive in, you know, runners on base, uh, you know, leaving runners on base. Uh, that game that Bueller pitched on Tuesday was a, a, another one run loss where it was again, the inability to, you know, they leave the bases loaded. Baby faces talked about this before. There was a perfect example, like I mentioned on Friday night. The, the Brewers have as many injuries, more so than the Dodgers, but the Brewers are finding ways to win games. And a perfect example of that was in the eighth inning. They were already winning two to one. Colton Wong hits a double. The Brewers don't get a hit for the rest of the inning, but they scored a run because they moved the runner over to third, and then they found a way to drive, the home, drive him home from third while making a productive out. I don't see the Dodgers do that. I don't see the Dodgers move runners over. I don't see them doing the little things. And I really, I, I just, I, I wonder 
about their approach at the plate. When you have a leadoff man at second, and then you see two fly balls, right? Baby face, baby face. I know the Lakers lost. Thank you for reminding me, but I want to hear you. Uh, I want to hear you talk about this, this lack of execution on the base pads. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been seeing it the last, you know, couple of games last week, this week when, you know, they're getting that in the extra innings, they're getting that runner on second. And a lot of those innings, that guy stays there. He doesn't even get to third for, you know, lack of, you know, a bunt, uh, a hit, you know, to the second base side, anything, and they don't do it. And like we were talking before, I mean, again, Kershaw was in the same situation for two weeks in a row. He, he emergency pinch hitter, one out. I think Seager was on third both times. And yeah, we know we know that Kershaw could probably pinch hit, you know, a lot better than some of the guys that they had on the bench. But I mean, we, you know, we know he could either get a hit or get a walk or something. But like I said, he, I'm surprised that they didn't try um, a, a squeeze with him. You know, he's a perfect guy to try a squeeze, and I think I'm pretty sure he would have succeeded on, you know, on probably both of the attempts to get the to get the run in. So it's it's frustrating to see that. They're not moving those guys over, and they're just kind of. I think if, once they put that that guy on second, that guy has to score no matter what. Especially especially on last week when they were the home team and they needed that run to tie, that one game. It's like how did they not score that one run? I mean, it just it's crazy to to see that that they don't execute any any type of steals, any type of bunts, any type of just anything trying to get the ball hit, you know, to the opposite side, anything. Whose call do you think that is? Do you think that's Roberts? Is that Roberts' call to call for that squeeze in that play? Or do you? Or do they already have the game plan? And Alonzo had mentioned this. They, they have a game plan in terms of their approach to the plate. But I have to, I agree with you. This Okay, the first time it happens, all right, they didn't do it. Maybe they should have squeezed. But it was the same situation that came up with Kershaw again. And again, they didn't go for it. It was one out. It seemed like it was the perfect time to do the squeeze. Who's making that call or who is not making that call? I mean, is yeah. does, does Friedman tell Roberts just under no circumstances, do I want you guys doing squeezes? I mean, I think that has to be Roberts. I mean, I don't think it's going to be uh, – I mean, I don't think it's going to be um, – I don't think it would be Friedman. You know, coming from Friedman, they don't no. know what situations – yeah, I mean, uh, they don't know what situation is going to come up. It, it, I mean, so from my you understanding, know, so, I mean, the, it has to. I think it has to be Roberts. The way that they're set up, they have their game plan going into the game, and obviously, if the situation changes, they change it right, and then from there, the coaches implement it. Obviously, we we don't know what the game plan was for the Brewers because you know the the other thing that drives me nuts, at least personally, is the Dodgers are all about matchups, and that's fine, whatever. Um, so I don't know if that's a part of it, you know, if, you know, obviously the lack of, of a bench could be a part of it too. You know, they, they don't want to get anyone hurt as far as trying to force a guy over. I mean, there's so many moving parts with that right now that, I mean, it, it could be anything, but at the end of the day, they have a game plan. They follow it. Excuse me. They, um, they, you know, they, they, they implement it and they follow it along. And at the same time, uh, you know, a player when they're up in the box, they also could call an audible, right? You know, if they wanted to do a safety squeeze or or a, or a suicide squeeze in a situation, I don't think anyone would be pissed if they did it. 
It's just a matter of if they don't want to do it because they don't want to risk an injury either. That could be a two. I mean, there's so many moving parts, man, that, that it's hard to say. But I will say this. I, I don't think it falls on the hitting coach currently uh, because a hitting coach obviously is going to continue to do what they need to do to get a guy out of a slump, right, or guys out of a slump. But I don't think that this would fall on, on them just because they've been in so many games and the mistakes that have been made, if you will, uh, you know, don't necessarily fall on the hitting coach, if that makes sense. I know that there's been situations where a guy's been on second and stuff like that that they could have gotten him over. But at the same time, when you kind of play devil's advocate, do you really want to throw a pitcher in a suicide squeeze situation, running full balls ahead, you know, down to first base to get a guy over where he could potentially hurt his hamstring? You know, he could twist an ankle, whatever. So it's it, it, it sucks either way. You know what I mean? Like it still sucks one way or another because I, I agree with you. I feel like they're not doing those small things that they should be doing. But as as we've talked about before, the game has changed so much. I mean, even Adrian alluded to it, Adrian Gonzalez, when he was on. That stuff has changed so much that even just putting a ball in play is just not – it's just frowned upon now. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but in that situation, I don't expect the, the pitcher to run fast. I don't expect the pitcher to try to get a base hit there. I'm expecting the pitcher to give himself up for an out to score the run at home. But there's just no attempts to that. And, you know, before we end the show, one last thing that I just want to throw out there to ask you guys is, is Dave Roberts a little too quick on the trigger with the bullpen? I I understand that they had back-to-back bullpen games, but it seems that the fact that they, he used a lot of relievers for just one inning came back to bite the Dodgers in the ass, especially on Saturday because they had no one left, you know, after Mitch White. So even if Mitch White was able to get out of that inning, who were they going to throw out in the 13th inning? Could Roberts, and I guess you could apply this to any baseball manager in terms of how they manage their bullpen. But I I, I just, to me, I'm just, I, I hate when you run out of pitchers in an extra inning game and it was only because you were selective with how you used your, your previous pitchers in the game. I yes and no. And what I mean by that is he, Dave has always been in an, in an unenviable position as being the manager of the Dodgers, right? There's always going to be a lot of scrutiny with that job. And as it's well documented, you know, a lot of people have even called for his head with some of the decisions he's made and stuff like that. And he's just in a no-win situation, right? But be that as it may, all things considered, I feel like he, he managed as well. He's, he's currently dealing with, with a litany of injuries to his bullpen. And then to add insult to injury, his offense is slumping, right? So you, you have to find a good kind of fine line because the other issue is, you know, you want to call up some of these guys from, from the minors, but they're not seeing game action. So they're not going to be on par with what you would expect them to, to, to play like as far as uh, uh, when they get to the show. So I think all things considered, he's managed the bullpen well. Could it have been managed better? Absolutely. But obviously, you're, you're, you know, we're kind of nitpicking at that point because you you're still have to throw in the caveat of, well, you know, these guys have also been injured, you know, and, they, and they're not just like, you know, you lost one or two guys. I mean, how many, guys, how many changes did they make the other day to, to, to offset for Brewstar and then now Dustin and, and, you know, Tony and David and all this stuff. So, so it's one of those things where 
like, yeah, you could sit here and kind of nitpick at it. And I think it'd be unfairly uh, uh, to Dave because all things considered, he's still, you know, they're still managing to stay in games and they're, you know, they're not necessarily like getting blown out of the water or anything like that. And most importantly, your starting pitching is what's keeping you in games. And he's managed the starters just as well. I feel like if, if any other part of the game, so yes and no, but I think it's unfair regardless, if that makes sense. I hear you. What, what do you think, babyface? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, we are, we'd be nitpicking. I mean, we're seeing things at the end and be going like, well, why didn't he do this? And when, you know, after the fact, you know, when, when it's, it does seem like they do have a plan with like, okay, this guy's only going to go one inning regardless. This guy's only going to go one inning regardless. Like we were pointing out like yesterday, like, I thought Trinan could have came back out uh, for a second inning because he only threw like 11 pitches in the inning that he came out. But the plan was probably he's only going one inning. And then so that's that's the plan. Like I said, we, we'll see it after the fact and be like, well, why didn't he do this? And, and we're, we're nitpicking that. But, yeah, I mean, what he had to do for two games, manage, you know, manage what? Two two games essentially with you know as bullpen games you know you got to give some credit there um, you know to get to get through that you know and still you know having a, a bullpen that's fairly intact. Right, but you had a two run lead going into that eleventh inning, and Vasio struggled with his control in that tenth inning. If you brought in Mitch White in that eleventh inning in the middle of the inning with the bases loaded, why not just let Mitch White finish the game? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They didn't want, it seemed like they didn't want to go to Mitch White and they they were kind of, their hand was forced to go him because he was struggling. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the game that I was telling you. I, I thought, you know, training should have came out for that inning and, and closed that game out. But for whatever reason, they had, they had a plan that they had to stick to. Well, and, that's yeah, the game, and-, and that's the game planning. I mean, that's literally, I mean, that that's it to a T, right? I mean, they, they, that's been my complaint personally. With, with the Dodgers is that they live and die by their game plan. And I, I'm more of the party of like, if, if stuff goes sideways, you should always have room or wiggle room for, for an audible, right. For an injury, or let's say, you know, Oh, all these things are not happening as you expected them to happen. But I feel like in some cases, if I guess if there was one thing that I wouldn't have picked super hard on and not even just because of the benefit of hindsight being 2020 is I feel like that they live and die too much by their game plan. No, I, I think it's a good point. I, I mean, I don't know. Just like I said, it, it was a rough week. They went two and five, but I think they could have very easily have gone four to uh, four and three this past week if some things pan out for them. And it could have been worse. If we're being honest, it could have been a lot worse. They could have just been swept out of two series consecutively and not not here. Obviously, today's game shows otherwise, but I mean, based on kind of how stuff was going that very easily could have been a thing too. So, I mean, I, I, regardless when you start the new, you know, you start the new month and you're only a half game back, that's a win. As far as I'm concerned, you know, you can sit here and nitpick whatever, but uh, it doesn't change the fact that you're still only a half game out and the poor Rockies are already seven back. So it's in it again, we're only the first month into the season and that very well could, you know, with all the injury woes and all that jazz, it very easily could be way worse than half a game back. And I mean, you know, like we, you know, who, who did you have on your bingo card that the giants would be in second? I didn't because I expect them to not be good at all. But I, but I did say, I did say at the beginning of the year, watch out for the giants. 
I did not expect them to be leading the division, but I, I just I did think they were going to be a tough out. No, and I expect them to be a tough out, but I didn't expect them to be this tough of an out. Tough of an out, excuse me. So it's so it's one of those things where obviously you know the only way that you find out what's what is you play the game, right? And and the Dodgers have all things considered, they've played the game, they managed it as best they could, and they're only a half game out. So I'll take that all day. But on that note, as we look ahead. So the Dodgers have three against the uh, Chicago Cubs. Listen, the, these three are going to be solid starts because they're the we got Walker Buehler going against Kyle Hendricks, Clayton Kershaw going against Adbert Alzane. I'm sorry, I, I can't say that dude's name. Uh, that guy, uh, by the way, that's the start that I'm looking at, not just because of Kershaw, but because Adbert is is he's walked one. And you know he struck out six in his in his uh in his first quality start, but batters are hitting 114 against him with a crazy whiff rate on a slider. That's going to be a great a great matchup. And then uh, on Wednesday, Trevor Bauer against uh, as as a uh, as Roger referred to uh, to Mr. Arietta Primo. Uh, that's going to be a good uh that's going to be a good set of three games. They haven't announced anything yet for the for probables. Uh, looking ahead, Anaheim. I just want to see Mike Trout pitch or hit someone. I, I, that's all I want to see. I mean, that's, there's no other, you know, obviously he's going to face Julio at some point. That's going to be a hell of a matchup. Uh, it's possible he could face uh, Walker and Trevor. Also solid matchups. And the thing is now is just like, you know, I'm just expecting him to walk up to the plate and just hit a bomb. And it's not fair how good that dude is. But Major League Baseball is not marketing him. And here we are. But that's that's another, another riff for another day. But on that note, we'll wrap it up. Uh, as always, please follow us um, on at Dodgers Beat on the Twitter machine, uh, at Bleedlos Pod, and uh, our personal Twitter handles are on the uh, the Bleedlos Pod uh, uh, Twitter page. But have a great week, and we will catch you guys next week. Six, this is six and zero oh next week. Six and zero. Oh. oh no! Oh no! We have to talk about the Jinx. <laughs> oh no! So this is a bounce back week. The, oh no! So just real quick uh, before we end it, we have a, a running. Uh, a running bit, I guess we should call it one. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I, I'm picturing the visual of it right now, and, and I can't get it out <laughs> because it's so funny. But uh, Roger has a knack for, uh, for uh, como se dice, uh, jinxing stuff, but he doesn't believe in jinxes. And uh, uh, who was throwing a no-hitter the other day? Uh, Julio. Julio. No, but there was another one uh, for some somebody else. I don't remember who it was. Um, oh, he anyway, jinxed it for the Brewers. For the Brewers, thank it you. for the Brewers. For the Brewers, thank you. Um, <laughs> I just, I just have the visual in my head. Uh, yeah, the right. visual is Babyface <laughs> is on the Dodgers bus right now, sitting next to Dave Roberts, saying, "You guys played really well today. I think you guys are going to win the next six games." Or my favorite is walking up to Julio. Hey, man, you're throwing real good. <laughs> I, uh, I think you might know hit him. You might know hit him. What do you think? And and just casually says it that way and then he has the audacity to say he doesn't believe in jinxes exactly it's but the visual of just hey man you're throwing the ball great like i think you might know hit him and sure. <laughs> but that's 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 the uh, that's what our group text looks like it's 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 a lot of that and a lot of optimism and as you know i am using optimism in a facetious manner as, as we got to be uh, optimistic. What, you want me to say we're going to be 0-6? No, we got to be 6-0. We got to go 6 We got to shoot for 6-0. Hey, man. You guys, right? you guys, like we're saying we got to shoot. We got to shoot high. 
you guys had a great series. Great series. I think you guys are going to sweep these guys this next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening right now on the bus on the way to the airport. And and next show that we tape, if the Dodgers do lose every game this week, he it's will deny that he will deny that he drank Joe Boo's rum. He will deny it next week. When it's straight up our fault, 100%. Um, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> but, uh, but on that note, thank you guys for listening. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. And, uh, and thanks for supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. But we will catch you guys next week. It's uh, the Bleed Loss Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.